Good morning, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie, weekly podcast here. Welcome back and hope you had a great interim time, whether it was a week or two weeks or whatever. Everybody's good here. And we had a great podcast last week. We talked about a very common topic, very prevalent topic of bullying. We had a expert on who was unbelievable. We had a lot of great questions. So take a listen to that on my website at www.drsophie.com. But really, there are things there for anybody, adult, child, parent, anybody who's in a bullying situation, knows of one, and needs some ability to understand it and where to go to get some help. So that was last week on bullying. But this week, we're talking about some really interesting stuff under the topic of intimacy. Most people don't even know what it means. They just probably think it means, well, does that mean I'm in love? Does that mean I should be in love? Does that mean that's a warm and fuzzy feeling I feel? Or, you know, so I don't really know if everybody understands what intimacy is. So I wanted to talk a lot about that today and have an expert on to be able to get us some clarity and some understanding of it and where and what its role is within a relationship. So I'm asking you guys all today, do you really know what intimacy is? Do you know how to create it if you don't already have it? And then how do you keep it if you already have it in a relationship? Because as we know, relationships are tough to begin with. So I would imagine intimacy is probably very difficult. So give me a call, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Every caller gets a free copy of my book, Side by Side, the conflict-free mother-daughter book to help you work out these issues between a mother and a daughter. 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Give me a call. We're talking about intimacy. So joining me today talking about intimacy and some other things that I have a funny feeling uh, my little expert's going to want to bring up here is Dr. Estella. She is a really very well-established, well-trained marriage, family, and child counselor. She's a certified clinical supervisor, a board-certified diplomat, sex therapist, so I think that's what we're going to be talking about, and a certified psychoanalytic psychotherapist, which is unbelievably interesting. She's going to join me today. We're going to talk about intimacy and some of the stuff that she thinks intimacy probably bridges on to. Dr. Estella, are you there? Yes. How, How are you doing, Dr. Sophie? I'm, I'm good. So happy to be here with you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. How are you? I'm doing great. They're ready to talk about this so important uh, topic of intimacy. Now, I know you really well here, and I think you're going to probably work in a few other topics, huh? Yes. I know you. So, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Those sex people, man. Woo. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, we're talking about intimacy, but one of the things, first of all, let me define what I think intimacy is. Yes, please. Um, intimacy, I think it has to do with a mature person, and this goes with your five uh, sweet topics that you talk about, you know. Yeah. It's a true a person who has a sense of identity that gets involved with another person for the purpose of sharing their life together. Now, and, one, one quick question. You said yes. it has to be somebody that's mature. Like, you mean emotionally mature? What does that mean? Well, basically, you know, as individuals, we go through different developmental stages, you know, and if we talk according to Erickson, we go through eight developmental stages, and we, if we do not pass through those developmental stages, 
then we are not going to be able to have a full sense of self-identity. We don't go through the separation individuation properly. Right. And basically, you know, that's going to lead to young adults and adults who don't have a potential to have good intimacy, and they end up always in trouble and feeling a sense of isolation. Why? Because they haven't really learned how to separate from their families of origin? Well, basically, you know, not to go through all of the stages, but if I jump into the uh, teenage years, right. and we talk about teenagers who go through the uh, role confusion, basically, you know, teenagers are going through, what am I going to be when I grow up? They don't even know who, what their identity is. They're trying different things, and they're going through this role confusion period that goes from like 12 to 18 years, and either they stay confused, or they develop a good sense of identity. If they have a good sense of identity, rather than feeling that they need to please others in order to keep, let's say in this case, parents happy, right. then they continue with these same patterns into their adult relationships. If they develop their own sense of identity and separation from their parents, then they are going to be young adults who have a strong sense of identity, and right. then they're going to be able to get into a relationship with another person in which they're both sharing their selves. It's like an eclipse. We have the sun right. and we have the moon, and once in a while we have an eclipse of the two covering each other, right. and you only see one. Okay. And basically that happens you know, during orgasm, if, if you will. You become one in that the sexual intimacy that happens, but you don't stay there all the time. And that's why couples sometimes, or one part of the couple feels invisible in the relationship. We only have a good time when I'm pleasing my partner. And when I start having my own needs, we start having problems. Okay. That all totally makes sense. And I, I, that's a great explanation and it's very clear to get. So tell me a little bit more though. If they then become a separate person, they have a good sense of identity, they meet somebody who's done that same process and they come together as two whole people. That eclipse, as you say, is that's the definition of kind of what in intimacy is? I think so. And in a way, you know, basically, you know, we have to remember that when two people start dating and they, uh, they discover basically each other, they go through different stages in a relationship. And it's important because during this stage, they're really figuring out how they fit together. Now we have like three uh, people, basically, you know, we have you, me, and the relationship, which it becomes another a factor in the relationship. Got it. So the roles in the relationship, the relationship starts being defined, and it is very important to be honest and truthful to oneself in exploring that relationship. Many people go into a relationship and they really are not honest. They're trying to be something that they're not because they want to get this person. And sooner or later, you know, how long can you be dishonest as to who you are? Right. It starts hurting right. So the, the relationship. The reason they're trying to get that person so they start to mold themselves to be who they think the other person wants them to be, is that because they didn't enter with a good, solid sense of themselves? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and so, you know, they feel that this person is going to define them, or they haven't resolved issues in their development, in which they still feel that with time, if this person really, really loves me, I'm going to be able to change this person into what I want this person to be. And that's a nightmare. That's a total nightmare. All right. So tell me something then. So if you do enter as two whole people and hopefully, you know, everyone tries to do that to the best that they can, 
then they have this eclipse and they have their intimacy and whatever, and it's not a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing, but it happens and it should happen organically. Is it bad if you don't feel it all the time, or what do you do? Like, I'm sure no, there no, like, no, 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 have listeners who are scared. The, yes, exactly. One of the important factors is to know that this is like an eclipse. This is like an orgasm. It doesn't happen all the time. It's very important, you know, in a relationship to take risks, also to know uh, and to share the good and the bad. And uh, in modern relationships, you know, basically, you know, we're all so busy and we have to share so many duties in the household. And uh, basically, one of the things that people can do is develop time, you know, talk to each other, right. learn to say no in a gentle way, find the time and create the environment. A healthy couple is joining together, as I said of two mature individuals. Right, and that's that's the nurturing that happens when it's the eclipse isn't happening to make the eclipse come back and happen again. So you're Exa feeding it. Exactly. So how do you, like, what if you don't have it, but you did come in with it? So you just got to go back and kind of like water the wilting plant? Exactly, and you, we have to remember that we're talking about not only um, sexual intimacy, we're talking about physical intimacy, emotional intimacy. We need to learn also the language of love that women have and men have. You know, it's totally different. And what they, you, Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, basically, women, we are more interested in the process. We need to be loved first before we want to be involved into a sexual intimacy. Yeah, but you know what? Men are animals. They're not going to want to put up with that sometimes. They just want it. I know they just want it, and there's time for quickies, and women need to understand that as well. Right. You so, know? so there has to be a learning between the two of what men want and what women want. Men need to learn to slow down, not to rush into sex, to go slowly, slow down. After all, if the sexual intimacy is something that we want, that we spend time to share with each other, to express the love with each other, let's slow down and enjoy it rather right. than rush into it. Okay, but you're, what if women like their breasts? grabbed and stuff like that. that. That's okay. It's just it has to be on a mutual basis. It's not... No, ex exactly. It has to be in a mutual basis. It's not about not touching it. You know, women, like, would love all of that. Right. You know, but it's a At matter right of, time. like, hey, honey, how are you doing? And immediately grab right. her yeah, breast. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, it's like caress her hair yeah. nicely, kiss her neck, whisper in her ear, tell her nice things and loving things create the loving atmosphere, and especially if the sex has decreased. And initially... Ah, see, that's you know, important. That's important. Yeah, exactly, because, you know, in a relationship, sex decreases for many reasons. It, the initial stages are gone. Right. People be, have become more critical of each other. Right. Their dating rituals are gone. You know, we're not anymore into, in our best behavior. And, it, you know, right. and poor communication of unresolved conf conflicts is going to also decrease sexual intimacy. Right. But tell me something. M many of our listeners are probably going to say, well, you know what? I just don't like her or I'm, I'm angry at him. Anger doesn't mean that they're not in love, correct? Exactly. You know, but one important thing is respect. Respect, admiration. If a person is in a relationship and they have lost admiration, they have lost respect, maybe it is time to consider not being together anymore.
Okay. Anger about differences, and it's very important also, you know, when there are differences, how we communicate with each other. It's very important to um, wait, cool down, yeah. to talk about, you know, the different issues, never to be angry in the bedroom, never go to sleep angry with each other. I know, but, you know, everybody says that, but it's still kind of annoying because you're really angry and you don't feel like leaning over and say, uh, by the way, good night. No, but you can say, you know what, I want you to know that I'm really angry and right now is not the best time to talk. Oh, you mean... Let's make an appointment tomorrow. So communicate like an adult. Like an adult. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. And then have some self-control. Exactly. So respect and self-control. We need to have self-control. It's not like, I'm going to give you a kiss, and then the following day you surprise your partner that, you know, I was really angry with you. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I want to take a voicemail first, and we'll come back to size. Hi, Dr. Sophie. I wanted, um, I had a question for your podcast today. I wanted to know if you can elaborate on the difference between romance and intimacy. Thank you so much. So what do you think about that, Dr. Stella? The difference between romance and intimacy. Is there a difference? And if there is, what is it? Well, you know, there has been, you know, different studies. You know, even Shakespeare, you know, used to talk about, like, what is romantic love? And uh, Bernard Shaw says that love consists of telling the difference between one woman and another. A, a special person starts taking a new meaning. And there's other studies that have said that, you know, basically love or romantic love is a, a drive that we have, like a sex drive, a romantic love, attachment that in time is going to help us tolerate the person right. and the good and the bad. And uh, falling in love with one person is going to have to do with timing, personality, mystery. So uh, do the two go together in one relationship, or could they be in separate parts of your life? Absolutely. We can have intimacy with our partner, but not every moment is going to be romantic. Right, but there are romantic times within an intimate relationship. Definitely. Well, you know what? It's interesting, because I was at an art museum a couple weeks ago, and I saw this lithograph done by uh, Picasso. And it's him, and he drew, actually, himself, his wife, and his mistress. Yes. And it's interesting, because the wife had, like, you know, motherly-like qualities, and her, her, she just looked like, you know, she was age-appropriate. And the girlfriend was obviously younger and perkier in many ways. And so it's interesting, because one is not intimacy versus romance. One is play, and one is probably where his feeling really is. Absolutely. Got it. And, you know, basically, you know, men have the tendency to be able to be, quote-unquote, intimate, if we call physical, sexual, being with another person as intimate. Really, that not necessarily. Men can very easily have sex with a person without having intimacy or feelings for that person. And how does that come about? Because the animalistic piece of those men? Because of the, you know, the animalistic piece, you know, men need to procreate. Well, tell me something. Is that a more hormonally driven process, testosterone versus estrogen? Because I've seen a lot of women that have probably, if you really looked at their levels of hormones from their blood, have maybe more testosterone than the average woman. And they're very aggressive and sexual. Yes. So is it a hormonally-based process more for men, you think, with the testosterone's driving it? Uh, well, yes, but, you know, there are other factors, and you as a, um, more of a medical doctor maybe can explain more, but we do know that, for example, you know, dopamine is associated with romantic love. Right. And oxycontin is associated with orgasm. 
so we have a whole bunch of like hormones and uh, biochemicals that get released depending on what is it that we are going through in a relationship. Right, that then trigger different emotions. And trigger different emotions, exactly. And then, you know, I guess starting from early on, whenever you start your sexual history as a person, the behaviors that you then enact those feelings with become kind of like your toolbox of what you're dealing with and how you deal with sex going forward, how you behave, how well, you well, interact. Well, absolutely, and that's going to have to do with also how parents model and exactly. teach their children how they think about their values, how they teach early on, um, talking about what's going on, looking for teachable moments, whether reading a book or watching a movie, um, uh, show emotions, how the parents show emotions to each other or how they uh, basically go through their arguments, how they resolve differences, how they learn to agree to disagree. Got it. Yeah, because they have to resolve. But my other question, though, is how awful does the process that we just talked about, which is pretty much within the you know developmental timeline and scale of appropriateness, how bad derailed does that process become if there is some abuse going on? So if somebody is abused early on and then they become whoever they're going to become from a sexual perspective, what derailing happens to their intimacy in a relationship with somebody then? Well, I mean, there's going to be lack of trust. You know, there's going to be always the issue of uh, what could trigger that painful images that they suffer in their childhood. You know, obviously, I always tell people that have gone through abuse that it is very important to resolve their issues and exactly. to go through a psychotherapeutic right. process. Right. Otherwise, it's going to be hang hanging their ugly face all the time around the relationship. Right. And it comes up in every way you could imagine. Definitely. So I, what we, the message really is for anybody who has suffered or experienced any kind of traumatic experience early in their childhood, they really should deal with it, resolve it, and put it away and not be afraid of it because it, it haunts you forever. Definitely. And it's not only knowing about it, it's really going through the process of feeling the emotions and the experience. Because, unfortunately, too many people go through therapy and they just learn to blame exactly. whiners. They learn right. to, like, oh, my mother did, my father that, and they, knowing what happened is not enough. Exactly. He's taking responsibility that now we're adult and that we're going to bring the changes that we want in our life. We're going to be positive. We're going to be uh, develop our own sense of self-identity and stop the whining and the blaming. You know, right. because that's actually one of the biggest things that uh, lowers intimacy in a relationship. The yeah. whiners. Yeah. Right. And and the the need to stay a victim. Exactly. All right. So let's take a caller. We got. Dr. Stella, we're on with Jared. Hey, hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? My, I'm doing great. My question is this. It seems like over the past few years, when clicking with girls, it's either we have a great relationship outside of the bedroom and outside of intimacy, or inside the bedroom, the intimacy is great, but there's not as much outside of that. Um, would you recommend trying to build from one to the other, or is there... Is there a time that you just know that both of them are, are really clicking and it's, you've really found something special? That's a really great question. So you're asking, is it you have it sometimes in the bedroom and sometimes out of the bedroom, but never with the same person it, at the same exactly. time? Exactly. It seems to be one or the other. And I was, which, which one would be better to try to build from or will I just, will there be a girl and I'll just know that there's both? Dr. Stell, take it away. Well, well, basically, you know, uh, we spend more time with our partners outside of the bedroom than in the bedroom. 
you know, so a relationship and the friendship and the intimacy that develops for a partner that you want to have for the rest of your life, you have to have a friend. You have to have somebody that you have values that you join together, basically, you know, if in the future you're going to have children, you want to have, like, very similar values. If there are certain issues that are happening in the bedroom, maybe they have to do with certain trauma that happened in the past that need to be dealt with, maybe in, in knowing how to trigger and how to get him in the mood and how to get her in the mood, which is very different for women than for, for men. But tell me something also, how do you know, Dr. Stella, how does he know, Jared, if it's him or because he's the common denominator in all of those scenarios or is it the other person? How how does he look at himself? Even if we're the common denominator, different people need to be treated differently. We don't behave the same with all people. Right. You answer really well. So tell me, though, it still is him, though, to some degree. So he's got to really look at himself and he's got to look at who he's picking and what are the barriers in those relationships? When does he feel the wall comes up? Exactly, you know, and what, what is it that is happening? You know, I would like to know more if he's still on the line. Uh, yeah, Jared, you're there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yes. You know, what is it that happened in the bedroom that you feel stops? You know, are you rushing too much into the sexual intimacy? Are you not reading your partner? Are you more into satisfying your sexual needs than rather than hers? Are you not waiting, as I said before, into the slowing down to the process of her? Very important. Men have to remember that women take longer to get in the mood than men. So bottom line is, Jared, you've got to take a look at yourself and see when do you feel the disconnect in the bedroom and out of the bedroom and see what's going on. Okay. It seems like if I had to answer Dr. Stella's question that, when the relationship's really good outside of the outside of the bedroom, it's it's probably because inside, when we're trying to get intimate, I probably put too much pressure on myself to make sure that I do take care of all of her needs. Right. And I probably I don't really enjoy the moment enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it it sounds, Dr. Sophie, that you know, basically you point the issue, you know, men are more animalistic, so Sometimes it takes practice to slow down so you're not enjoying because you want to go faster into the relationship and you're putting the emphasis on her. But basically, both of you really need to put the emphasis on satisfying each other. Each other, yeah. That's the key. It's mutuality. So, I mean, as much work you're putting in to make her feel wanted and satisfied, you should be, she should be doing the same thing to you. So, you know, take a look. And, I mean, do you feel you're getting the attention that you're, you need and you're getting your needs met? And if not, that's the discussion because that's what's going to make this really be in the bedroom and out of the bedroom for you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Dr. Sophie. You know, it's like women need to learn also, you know, how to get him in the mood as well as men need to learn how to get her in the mood. Right. And I think women can show men oftentimes that it's okay to slow down and still have fun. And also men need to be ready not to feel offended or attacked if a woman tells, her, uh, tells the man, you know what, I'd like you to kiss me slowly. Please don't touch me here because it tickles me. I'd rather if you touch me um, in the middle of my stomach. And men need to know and being able to, to talk about these things. Right, you've got to talk are about it. so afraid to talk about 
sexuality, about what they like and about what they don't like. And, you know, and that gets in the way of intimacy. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is you create yourself into this anxiety panic, maybe that you're distracted and you're not enjoying it and nobody's having fun. Yeah. And the same for women. Women start worrying about their body. Am I too fat? I don't want him to see me. You know, they have yeah. many other worries because of development. So the bottom line is, Jared, go communicate with your partner and work it out because you should have it in both places with somebody you have it in either the bedroom or the outside because that means you got the basics and you got to go nurture them. All right, great. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Appreciate Thanks it. for calling in. You're welcome. Bye. You know, Dr. Sophie, many what? people don't know the, about the stages of a sexual response. Mm. You know, and You're I right. think, and think that this is very important that people need to know that there is the stage of desire where a person starts developing the need and the want to be sexually intimate. Right. And they move into the excitement phase in which the arousal and the physical arousal starts and into the plateau phase in which all of this starts slowing down because we're reaching the, the top, the ceiling of the excitement phase, and the orgasm, which is sexual tension, is now going to be released, and the resolution, you know, where the body starts returning to the pre-existing states. So we need to move slower through all of those stages. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be enjoying this. Absolutely. It's like, you know, people that eat too fast. It's like, what is happening to you? You right. know, enjoy what you're eating. You and even, then they complain about obesity. Right. You didn't even get to taste the food. You're just jumping down on it. Absolutely. All right. So tell me, does every woman have to have an orgasm every time they're having a sexual experience with their partner to every make time. it meaningful and enjoyable or no, no? Every time is too big of a word, I think, you know, uh, and that's why, you know, a lot of times women fake orgasms and it's harder for men to fake an orgasm, but women tend to fake orgasms, you know, more often than not. Hmm. You know, and yeah. they, fake, they fake it, you know, so that because they're not happy in the sexual relationship and they just kind of want to get it over. But that then talks about the eating away of the foundation of intimacy, which is why we're on the phone. Exactly. So really faking has many different roots, possibly. From Absolutely. abuse to mistrust to not being a fully formed person entering that relationship, trying to become whoever they need you to be or whatever. Exactly. Being with the wrong person, you know, the two people have to be willing to communicate and to talk and to be truthful to themselves. So we should... And no, go ahead. I'm very sorry. important, I think, is staying away from trying to point fingers and to blame who started the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it takes doesn't two. matter. It doesn't matter who the winner is. The relationship is always going to be the loser. Exactly. The communication is about sharing and trying to both find out how to improve and how to make the relationship win. Work, right. No, I'm better than you. You're wrong. Or, or vice versa. So tell me, is it a red flag for our listeners if they think that they are faking an orgasm or they're doing it often enough that they should take a look at that? Absolutely. They, okay. should, they need to look at the relationship, how come they're not being honest with themselves, first of all, and with others. As you uh, mentioned, basically, um, in part of your sweep, you know, that uh, the emotional expression of self Right. It's very, very important. You have to know who you are in order to allow physical and emotional intimacy. Got it. Okay. I have another question, then we'll take a voicemail. What do you think about people who say they're bisexual? I'm all for it. Uh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> 
Does it exist? I think so, definitely. Uh, actually, when I was doing my training um, as a sex therapist, I happened to attend a conference of bisexual uh, women, and it was very interesting because they were talking about how they felt abused by the homosexual world because they were telling, oh, you're just faking, you're not true to yourself, you're just saying that you're bisexual yeah. because you haven't taken um, the responsibility of being homosexual. Ah. Uh. But you do think it exists? Definitely. I okay. think that it exists with some people, and, you know, it's more important the love in the relationship than, you know, whether it's a man or a woman. So do you think, though, how does that evolve, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at? I mean, is it a hormonal imbalance that they then have a certain release of hormones and a reaction and a feeling towards certain sexes or by both sexes, and they can't distinguish, or is it just a gift? It's a little bit of everything that you have mentioned, but also the curiosity. Yeah, I think that, you think that most drives it? men and women, and especially more so maybe women, have at one time in their life experienced or tried to be with another woman. Ah, and a curiosity more than anything. Right. Interesting. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the friendship between, you know, two women is so close that they end up uh, in situations that they explore and they end up having a relationship. You have to understand also that culturally, women, since early age, they're more allowed to touch each other, to hold, the, to walk, hold right. hands, right. hugging each other. They can dance together. They can dance together. I mean, you know, how often do you see in a party two heterosexual men dancing together with each other? Right. Yet we see it all the time with women. Right. No, I, I hear you. All right, let's do a voicemail again. Hey, Dr. Sophie, this is Leon. I have a, a question. I hope you can help my wife and me. Um, we just can't seem to, to get it in sync. When, when she's in the mood to be intimate and romantic i'm not and when i'm in the mood she's not and we never seem to quite line up so i'm hoping you can um, give us some suggestions as to how we can get um, in the same mood at the same time thanks that's interesting and you know what dr stella i would imagine a lot of people who are listening are in that boat what do you think well basically i think that you know we have to remember that people get home tired after a long day of work and the, maybe the person that is in the mood had like an easier day and they were just like thinking, oh my gosh, as soon as my partner comes, you know, I would love to have a romantic uh, sexual intimacy with him or her. Right. But the, so there's no synchronicity at the time. But one thing that we can do is, as I was telling you before, is how to get him in the mood. So women need to know that despite all of that that is going on during the day and all of the stressors, if, uh, there are certain things that a, woman, that a man can do and a woman can do. So a woman can, when the man arrives, you know, first of all, one of the things that she can do is be nice, prepare a light snack that he enjoys, so that this will put him immediately in a happy mood. After all, we have the saying, you know, the, the fastest way to a man's uh, love is the through stomach. the stomach. Right, <laughs> right. So we can put some sexy music, uh, like, for example, Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye or Lady Marmalade by Patty but, uh, LaBelle. That, right. We can start like, you know, oh, you had uh, such a stressful day. Let me give you a massage. She starts whispering in his ear and kiss him all over the place. I bet you that if you start not complaining and whining and you start doing some of these things, 
you know, it's he's gonna, gonna work. get it. He's gonna work. He's gonna get him in the mood. And what about what and, about men? They can do that same thing for exactly. their wives. For men, you know, basically it's because women react differently. Yeah. First of all, we need to not rush and move straight into sex. Right. Females need to be treated in a special way, and so that they can have the sexual desire to be intimate. Right. So you got to like work the emotional side work first. Work emotions first. Say sweet things like loving words and compliments. Women want to feel appreciated for who they are in order not to feel sexually used. Right. And then they t- that turns them on. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. And they want to be loved first. They need to create the loving atmosphere. Start out slowly with gentle caresses, touches. Avoid rushing. Play with her hair in a loving manner. Spend time in foreplay. So work slowly through these stages to first develop the the, the desire. Almost like dating, you yeah, know. You yeah. you don't rush her into into sex. Right. Immediately. Well, you know. You know what? Uh, you're, you're exactly right, because you got to go slow and you got to get their emotions connected to get that motor going. Yes. But you know what? I had a patient, a, a couple I was treating, and one of the things that I had them do was he would give her a pedicure and a manicure in bed. And that was really a great turn on for them. That would be some time they spent together. He was doing something that really spoke to her that was really out of the ordinary for him. And he got to enjoy it as well. And Absolutely. You're you're touching on the issue of boredom in relationships. It's, you know, very important, you know, to do new things, to be open-minded, to be willing to try new things, and to communicate what is exciting and romantic and sexually arousing to each other. Different things are going to arouse different people. Exactly. All right. I appreciate your time, your expertise. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. I'm going to have you on again, but I want to know what you want my listeners to know about you. Uh, well, you know, you said plenty about me, but I'm Dr. Stella Snyder. I've been practicing for 26 years. Um, one of the things that uh, basically got me into psychology was that since early in my life, you know, all my friends would come to me and talk to me about their issues. And also I wanted to understand very well, you know, what was, why do we act the way we act? And also I wanted to resolve my own issues. Good my own issues with the, my parents. I want. I was this decisive that I wanted my children to be healthy, right, and to have wonderful relationships. And in that way, you know, I think I succeeded. I had to go through the processes myself of uh, all of that uh, psychoanalysis of my own, plus all of my studies, and uh, basically stay positive. Stop whining. Be yourself. Be in the here and now. Uh, which is what I try to do and see the glass half full rather than half empty. Wonderful words. And we can find you on your website at www.drestellasnyder.com, right? Exactly. And also my Twitter is at Dr. Estella with double L, D-R Estella with double L. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to answer questions and uh, and you know, be there for your public. Thank you very much, Dr. Estella. Have a great day. Thank you very much for having me. Right. Bye. That was very interesting. On the line, we had Dr. Estella Snyder. She is a marriage family child counselor. She's certified clinical supervisor, board certified diplomat sex therapist. She talked to us about intimacy, sex, and several other issues. And it was really interesting. We had some good voicemails. We had a, a live caller. 
And I think they ask the questions that most of us would want to know the answers to. So take a listen. But it's really basically about, you know, how do I get her in the mood? How do I get myself in the mood? What if I like a girl outside of the bedroom but not inside? Really interesting things to really take a look at so that your relationships have more meaning and more intimacy, more connection, and a better outcome. But I think to sum it up, the best way is the only thing you're going to have to bring to a relationship to have a good solid one with intimacy is a solid sense of you. So you got to do the work on yourself before you enter a relationship. Solid you, solid her or him brings a solid relationship because if you are not, you're going to mold yourself around that other person, never knowing who you are and never knowing if you're happy because your happiness depends on them. And that's not good. So intimacy is shot if you don't come to a relationship as a whole person. So please do that work and really follow the rules of respecting each other, self-control, and communicate what you need to talk about. Don't sit in that bedroom. Don't sit across that dining room table from your wife or your partner or your husband wondering, thinking, building up all of these things in your head if you really don't have the nerve to communicate. you got to talk. you got to resolve things and get past those barriers or else intimacy falls apart. So it was very interesting. Dr. Estella, I want to thank you again. Really great insight. You can always call me anytime, 24-7, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Every caller gets a free copy of my book, Side by Side, the Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution Book. And really, I think it's a great book and you need to sit down and it's a good book to sit and read with your daughter or your mother. Sit and read it together, a couple pages each night, really get you further ahead, get some good insight. So 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966, website www.drsophie.com. Tons of info there, podcasts are there. And uh, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and don't forget to visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And most importantly, please don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. You gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head